New year, new you, new business plan, new episode of Million Dollar Agent, Troy Malkin, John McGrath, Tom Panos, in the most consistent podcast at the end of each year. We go really strong. We we go we go like through the semis. Like you know, we we know we've stuffed around, but Troy, is it true that next year people can expect 50 episodes of Million Dollar Agent? The crowds, the crowds want it, we're gonna give it to you. That well, that's what the agreement is between the three of us. So, Tom, very, very exciting. Um, and keep an eye out because I think we've got a few little tricks up our sleeve that we're going to introduce to next year's uh, episodes. So, for all those that are constantly sending feedback about how much you love it, that means that next year, hopefully, you're going to love it even more. See that, John? I led the witness again. I led the witness to say how much they absolutely love it. <laughs> I'm going to interject. I'm going to say 48 episodes because I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. I reckon, I reckon everyone in the industry deserves a month off at Christmas. Well, a month off. Um, but yes, yes, yes. I think we've got some great stuff. We're going to be more visual next year. We're uh, going to be better prepared. Um, there's a whole range of things we're going to, what is that better prepared? We do a little bit of preparation, but I actually think, and I hear this from others, Tom, that, you know, there, there is a level of spontaneity that, mm. you know, we, you know, like often someone will say to me and you've said it yourself, oh, do you want me to send you the questions? And I always say, don't send me the questions because this is live TV kind of stuff. I want to just tell you my real responses. And sometimes when you think too hard, you start making up answers you think should fit the, the question. So, um, Anyway, Troy, that's my excuse. That's my excuse. I'm going to stick I've, to it. I've got, to, I've got to say, on the one hand, they say if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I can't help it in presentation mode when I overprepare for a presentation and I go super hard on slides and I overthink them, don't know why, it doesn't get received as well as allowing time to be a little bit more fluid and to respond to people. And I just hate it when you've got these slides and you feel this need, oh, I've got to get through this slide. And then you think to yourself, but that slide's actually not appropriate, the way this conversation's going. So I think- Tom, the- I think I shared it with you a while ago and, and with Troy, Larry King, who is probably renowned as the greatest modern um, interviewer, Larry King Show, in America, he's passed away now, I think, from memory. But um, he, on purpose, did almost no preparation because he said, I want to ask the questions that I want to ask, and if I prepare too much, I'm going to ask questions that show I've done the research I'm trying to extract. But he said, I actually want to be in the conversation, and as I was sitting having a coffee with someone, what would I want asked at that point? So I think there is something to be said to it, and, Troy, that that uh, is a great justification for our uh, minimalist uh, preparation uh, there, but as long as the fans enjoy it, that's the main thing. The only the only time I've ever heard lack of preparation was that that journo that ended up getting um, terminated that went over left Australia. One of the main networks went over and interviewed Adele, the singer. Right. And I don't know if you recall what happened is Adele during the conversation has asked. And what did and what did you think of that album, or what did you think of track number three? And this journalist said the truth: I haven't listened to it. And she turned around right. and said, "So you've flown over all the way from Australia to interview me about my album, and you never listened to it." It's and, a bit uh, silly when you've got uh, twenty four hours on a flight to get to listen to it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that'd be a fairly easy and uh, sensible use of your time. But today, I think we're starting. 
yeah, we're not starting next year, Troy, because we've still got another 30 days to finish this year, but we're going to be talking about how to start next year so you actually have a 2X because, as I've said to almost everyone that I'm coaching and Troy's often in those meetings, um, if, if you don't grow your business bigger next year than it was last year, there is only one reason for that, and that's you, not the market. Because the smart people that I'm dealing with and I'm observing, we mentioned, I think, um, Tommy Alex Jordan did a $1.4 million a month two months ago, um, month of September from memory. And, you know, there is plenty of business out there, great results. The smart people are getting into it and they're actually not being um, distracted by sort of negativity around the market because there's still plenty of sellers and still plenty of buyers. So, Let's plan to have the best year of our life next year, Tommy. And I know you've done a lot of work on this. Why don't you sort of kick off your thoughts and then we'll Yeah. In. So um, just before we came online, uh, Troy and John were looking at a, at a Tom Hector business plan, which was a very detailed plan. And um, I commend him for thinking through. It's pretty much like preparing for the HSC and looking at every question that's possible and gone through it. But on the other hand, you turn around and you say, no business plan survives collision with reality. I mean, you can turn around and say, hey, this is the way it's going to go, and then an event happens. The main reason that you're actually doing a plan is to drift in the direction of where you want to go. It's to drift in that direction. So, Troy and John, Tom I've been spending- knows, Tom, Just Tom, Tom Hector, because not everyone knows Tom Hector or knows of him, but He's one of the top agents in Australia, works with Phil Harris. In fact, he's a business partner of Phil in Adelaide, Adelaide for Harris Real Estate, one of the great real estate companies on the earth. And uh, Tommy is is always in the top one, two or three or four in in uh, Adelaide or South Australia. And uh, really, it's, it's an extraordinary, I haven't seen many business plans for large businesses like it. And as I said to you, Tommy, before we came on, I'm not, I'm not saying this is for everyone. But everyone should be aware that there are people out there doing 200 sales a year and they're meticulously planning every meeting and every marketing plan for the whole year in advance. So, um, you know, the, the moral of the story is I'm sure we can all get better at what we do, but you can also keep it simple and do a one-page. I think you're right, Tommy's is 40-plus pages, which is brilliant. But even if you do one-page, think it through. Some of the stuff we're going to talk about today yeah, how can you use it? Think it through. Um, plan on a page, I think, is a really good concept. And, you know, at least put the key data, the key outcomes, the key insights, the key activities, you know, on a page for you to guide you throughout the year. Okay, perfect. So, team, I'm going to go for about two or three minutes and just give you some bullet points that are going to help you put together whether it's a 40-page plan or whether it's a one-page plan. These are the main KPIs, and we were debating before we came online, various KPIs in various industries. We looked at sport, tennis, we know, percentage of first serves in, highly dictates who's going to win the game. Rugby league, we were debating whether it was possession or missed tackles. Um, In soccer, I can tell you it is possession and number on shots on goal, which we know that saying, you miss 100. What's that saying, John? You miss 100%. 100%. The shots you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That was Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky. Soccer and hockey have got some similarities. But here is in real estate, these are the things that are going to help you put together a simple map for 2023. Look at how many listings you got in 2022. 
Look at how many sales you got in 2022. Look at how many appraisals you did in 2022. These three numbers are going to allow you to come up with a list to sell ratio and also an appraisal to list ratio. Like how many appraisals do you need? And as far as appraisals, I'm, I've got this fundamental view. It's too difficult to be scientific and say, oh, well, that's not an immediate seller. Oh, that was just a price update. Put them all in. They all matter, right? These yep. people at some point are going to be putting their properties on the, on the market and particularly the price updates are probably one of the best ones because if you follow them through properly, the other agents aren't going to have a chance because you've built a relationship even prior to them putting it on the market. So those three things. Then what you need to do is set a goal of GCI for 2023. And from there, you can simply work out how many sales I need to make to achieve my goal in 2023. And because you know what your list to sell ratio is, you can then work out how many listings I need. And then because you've worked out your appraisal to listing ratio, you can work out how many appraisals you need. And then if you put together a simple one or two page marketing plan that's set and forget, a one or two page prospecting plan that's set and forget, you've pretty much got the main KPIs of having a real estate plan. But the number one, the number one number that's going to matter is how many appraisals do you need? Then divide it up, let's say by 11 months, if you work an 11-month year, and then turn around and say, that's my number. That's the number that needs to be achieved. And then you can work towards it. And I, I you know, Troy and John, yes, you can do a very detailed business plan, but I think if you had something that was in your phone under notes um, or a simple Excel or two-page document, that can be your that can be your map to get you from A to Z from Jan one to December thirty first, twenty three. Yeah. Any comments on that? Well, one of the things, Troy, that I know you love about Phil and his team and Tom, to actually arrive at a forty six page business plan, you actually need to sit in a room with your team and go through fairly forensically the year behind you and then obviously planning for the year ahead of you. And even if you were to boil that down again to one or two or three pages, I think the the, the number of pages is probably less important. I think the process to think about it, I mean, old, old saying, which is a good one, is never start the new year before you finish the old one. Mm-hmm. And you have a really good think about, you know, what's gone right, what have you got to start doing, what have you got to stop doing? What do you need to do more of? What do you need to do better? And the statistics, Troy, are going to bear that out because, you know, if you're not nailing 66% of your listings, it probably means you need to do some surgery on your listing presentation. If you're not getting yourself or someone isn't getting yourself into, you know, 15 doors a week or whatever is the number for you, then you need, you've got a prospecting issue. Troy, over to you. I was just going to say that those numbers are so critical. There's two things about those numbers that I'm running through with a lot of the agents I'm working with. The first one is really understanding your appraisal to list ratio um, and reevaluating for you right now in the market. Two reasons. First of all, if you're coming to the industry and you're noticing that you're going out to a lot of appraisals, but they're not necessarily converting, maybe you need to be a little bit more conservative with that number. We also know when we're hearing feedback from a lot of agents around the grounds that have been super successful because they're dealing with clients that want to have that trusted advisor and that experienced person to give them the right educated information to make the right decision. So if you're one of those agents and you have seen this cycle happen previously, you can sometimes increase 
your list appraisal to list ratio. So those two numbers, like Tom was saying, incredibly important. The other thing that I am noticing, and John and Tom, I know that you've coached this for many, many years, but the other thing I am noticing when I'm talking to agents is historically when you say to them, let's plan for your next 12 months in business, be that calendar year or financial year. We know businesses work in different motions. Um, If you are doing a business plan right now, here's the thing. Don't do a business plan, put it in the top drawer and forget about it for the next 12 months. You have to have it as a living, breathing document that you're constantly referring to. Now, what's the right frequency for it to be referred to? It has to be on a 30-day cycle. So if you're working with a performance coach or your sales manager or a colleague in the office and you've both set this plan up together, make sure you share your goals, but also make sure you're constantly reviewing them because we know that circumstances can change and you have to increase your numbers and increase your targets if you've been really successful in the first quarter. We also know if you're off track, there's a couple of activities we can do to get you back on track quite quickly. So those two things I think are super important when we're talking about business plans. Be really conscious of your appraisal to list ratio. And the other one is be really conscious of reviewing your business plan every 12 months. It's a living, breathing document. It's not a set and forget. Yeah, well said, Troy. At News Corp, and it's not just News Corp, I'm sure it's every big organisation that has got a lot of staff and has people that are working away, often doing stuff that's stuff that's not necessarily important, but it's stuff that's being done. It's quite normal to leave a role after two years, clean your desk, open up the, the drawer and have a look at 15 business plans that are sitting there in your drawer that you'd spend hours on PowerPoint, you'd be getting all this data and nothing ever happened. I mean, John Hardigan used to say, Tom, just do one plan and show it to us, not 47 we never see, right? So, Troy, you just crossed News Corp off as another potential sponsor. We'll have those. Hang on. I was very silent. I didn't say a thing. <laughs> guys, I'm gonna, I, I, need to, I need to cover my tracks here, right, because I'm still contracted to them. I, as I said to you earlier on, it's just not News Corp. It's every large organisation <laughs> often is working away doing documents. And I noticed the bigger the organization, the more of those PowerPoint documents are, are there. You've got people working away. Well, Tom, Tom and John, it's the same as what we see. Unfortunately, some of the great people that come to ARIC, they take notes upon notes upon notes in their notebooks and they take them back to the office and then they never review them again. So it's actually not just a business plan. It's actually a lot of the information, a lot of the learnings, a lot of the lessons we have out there. If you're not reviewing them, the chances of implementation are so low. Um, and it happens, it happens all around. Crazy. I've got to tell you, Michael, it's funny, we go back to News Corp for a moment. Michael Miller, who was my last my last direct boss, who's CEO now, Michael Miller's approach was, all I want to know in December, what are you going to stop doing in the next year? What are you going to do more of and what are you going to do less of? There was three columns. What will you stop doing more of, less of, mm-hmm. right? Um and you can't see this team, but I'm going to bring it up now on the screen, and we can just talk uh, talk about it. Mel Robbins, who who, who spoke at our Eric um, twenty, and, yeah. and guys, without giving too much information, super, I'm really getting excited about Eric because I know who some of the people we're speaking to, and yeah. I should get it out of the way now because I get asked so often now, most likely dates. Troisy, can you confirm this? Just do a quick search. Most likely dates is 28th and 29th of May. 
Yeah, I've got a hold in my calendar. It if is. you can look that up, because I, I do need to get that out to people. They've been asking 28th and 29th of May, Troy. It will be, yes, Sunday the 20th. Yeah, hold, my hold in my calendar is Sunday the 28th and Monday the 29th of May. We've been designing the brochure, 28, 29. So that's locked in. We've already got some awesome speakers. We mm. are still waiting the best speaker, but we won't let you know about that until we find out because we've put a bid in and we're hoping that we'll get the yes. But even without that particular speaker, it's starting to shape up beautifully. Um, Tommy, run through your list and then I'm going to finish with just a few other left-field yeah. observations. So, 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 Mel, so Mel Robbins, guys, has got eight game-changing questions. She says there's a great eight questions to ask this time of the year. Number one, what were the highlights of this year? Number two, what did you learn about yourself that surprised you? Number three, what was the hardest aspect of this year? Number four, what lesson did you learn that you are going to take into next year? Number five, what's one thing you'll commit to not going back to? Number six, what's one thing you started doing this year that you won't that that you want to keep on doing? Number seven, in what ways are you stronger? than you were last year and what wisdom are you bringing into next year? And the last one is what are you most proud of that happened in the past year? So great questions to reflect, bring some wisdom. It's a bit like being your own life coach there, you know, um, reflecting. So, John, over to you. I know that you've got a few. You've been Uh, jotting away. Thanks, Tommy. I've been jotting down lots of random things and uh, I did do, Troy. A bit of preparation before, so I'm going to mention that now. By the way, I reckon Michael Miller might be chairman and CEO. Would that be sound right? I think he's both now. Um, he's... I saw something. I'll tell you why. No, I saw something written. There was a news journalist guy that got in trouble in the US. He said something inappropriate, apparently, uh, at a conference, and they quoted Michael Miller. They they did quote chairman, but but they might have got that wrong. But uh... so I actually work with a gentleman that you're talking about that got into trouble. He was. Um... Is the uh, head of the Australian, or was the head of the Australian? Yeah, it was head of editor, Telegraph. Editor in chief. Editor in chief. Yeah, yeah, just go show them. Everyone's got to be careful. I don't know what he did or said, but you got to be careful. A couple of things. Mike Tyson also said, uh, which is to your first point, Tommy, which I love. Um, you know, everyone's got to plan until they get punched in the face. So um, the the reality is the plan um, will be perfect. Hopefully, the minute you do it, and then there's going to be lots of challenges. So I don't see it as a static frozen item, see it as something you can add, subtract um, to and so forth. Um, So that would be good. Two is think bigger. Um, Most people often look at their, when I say to someone, what what did you do this year? And they say, oh, I did 400. And I said, what do you want to do next year? And they say 460. And I'm thinking, man, well, you know, just keep turning up and there's a chance. But I really want you to redesign yourself, potentially with an extreme makeover thrown in and get to 800 next year. Anything less than 2X means, for me, it's not a big enough stretch. So I'd love everyone to think about thinking bigger. And if I'm coaching you sitting there, Troy, and you tell me 460, I would then say, well, why would you not be aiming at 800? Because the beauty of that question, Troy, as you well know, because you're a wonderful coach, is um, it unearths the mooring line. So why wouldn't you be why wouldn't you be playing for eight hundred there, Troy? Oh well, you know I've, I only just did this. That's my second year. And all the garbage that's holding you back, all the rubbish stories you have in your brain, in your mind, and your subconscious. So 
Uh, think bigger. Uh, I'll refer back to the Rob Deerdeck machine mindset. Just remember the beauty of the plan is the output at the end of the year is nothing but a sum of the executed projects and activities throughout the year. And it is literally as predictable as a machine that bakes cakes. If you put the ingredients in, if you mix it properly, you put it in the conveyor belt, it goes through the it goes through the fire, it goes through the oven, it will come out a well-baked cake at the end of that. But you need to have the ingredients. So see the business plan a bit as, as the ingredients. Uh, next one, in a market, forget what's going to happen. I hate when people say, yeah, but we don't know what the market's going to do. I could care less what the market's going to do. The only thing that is interests me is what are you going to do within the market? Are you going to prospect? Are you going to list? Are you going to have a 9 out of 10 listing presentation? Are you going to have a prospecting funnel or prospecting activity? that's going to deliver you three, four, five opportunities a day or 10 or 15 a week, whatever is your number. Um, uh, Stop, start, continue. You've covered that beautifully, Tommy. I won't go there. Uh, Until you make the subconscious conscious, Troy, one of my little favourite sneaky sayings, until you make the subconscious conscious. So what does that mean, Tom? That means that so many things that are holding us back, we, we have a part of our armament or or a weakness in our armament that we have kind of suppressed because we don't want to think about it. It could be you're an introvert, you're fearful of crowds, you're fearful of networking, you've got core reluctance, but you've kind of convinced yourself you haven't because you think as an agent that's the wrong thing, which it probably is. So make it conscious. Why are you fearful of call making calls? Uh, I was watching TikTok, Tommy. By the way, if if the audience isn't watching Tommy on TikTok, you guys need to start following him. You've got some great material. I love your, your page there and it's growing in numbers. But there's one I'm listening to and um, it was saying procrastination in a sense is if you were paid enough money to overcome the procrastination, you do it. So if I said, Tom, what's the worst call that you've been putting off making and you really hate, you, you're hating how they're going to react and it's whatever it is, it's going to disappoint someone, it's going to anger them, it's whatever. And I know you've been putting it off all day or perhaps all week. If I said I'll give you 50000 if you make it in the next five minutes, the chances are almost guaranteed. In fact, they're guaranteed you'll make it. So what that does is it just proves to you that you can do all these things that you procrastinate. You just need to have the right impetus and incentive. And the reality is giving you fifty grand to make that call pales into insignificance compared with the reward you're going to get if you actually just eradicate the whole procrastination bit and you get over the core reluctance or you get over the fear of disappointing people or a lot of those things that we sort of teach in mastering. Um, measuring your key data, we've, we've covered that beautifully. I'd also review your team. So many people nowadays yeah. have reviews and I'd get your team to rate themselves on their key areas and then I'd rate them and I'd look at the gap. So I'd say, Troy, you know, one of your key roles was, you know, marketing. Zero to ten, how do you rate the marketing that you put out consistently throughout the year? Um, And then, you know, if you rate yourself an eight and I rate you a six, we really need to discuss that. If we both both rate you a nine out of ten, we kind of just move on and high five and just keep going. So I think rating your team as well. Um, And then to your point, tell me, what are the three things you're going to change that are the greatest game changes. If you could only change three things, just sort of fantasize for a minute. Because I mean, we know Tommy Hector's got a 40 plus page business plan, which is awesome. But if you could only change three things next year, but you nailed them and you did them beautifully, 
what would those three changes be? And I just really focus. It's a bit like the one thing thing on steroids there, sorry, really. So they're just um, they're just a few things that I think I'd I'd be throwing on top of yours, but I think there's some good content. Anyone doing a business planning session, watch this again, listen to oh, sorry, listen to it. We're not live. Listen to this again and and hopefully there's some stuff that's going to help you make a more potent plan for 2023. That's absolute gold, guys. And we've still got another – we're still doing a, a, a couple of more before this end of this year. I want to remind everyone, the actual Christmas day is the 25th of December, not the 25th of November. So um, that's your uh, that's your, that's your your finish line. And I, listen, Troisy, I'm going to give John a big rap on the podcast. Listen to this story. I've been when I've been flying lately, and I've had sinusitis and this and that. I go into a, I go into a chemist mm. at the Qantas lounge. There's only one chemist there um, at, at the Qantas terminal. There's a Qantas, there's a chemist at also at the Virgin terminal. But I was flying with um, with Qantas, and um, I go in there, and um, I notice the guy's always really helpful. And I have this operating pattern: I buy um, uh, uh, nasal spray, Otraven earplugs, the ones that you put in your ear that the Air Force use. You can only use them for two trips. Yeah. Um, pseudoephedrine, which you've got to show them your driver's license, and this just allows to take the pressure off. And, um, you know, this guy's the guy's like a doctor. He sits there and he gets, spends time, and then he says, you're in, um, you're, in, you're in real estate. I've seen you guys on a, on a podcast. It's the pharmacist. He's a very nice guy. I actually mentioned this to you, John. I think I did mention it yeah, to you. Yeah, no, it's not much story. Thank you. And then, and then, and then, he's, and then as I'm um, – he says, that John McGrath is the nicest customer I've ever met. And I said, oh, why do you say that? And he goes, even when he's leaving the chemist, and he goes past the front. He waits back. See you later. Thanks for thanks for everything. And he, and um, and it makes me realise uh, the reason I brought it up today is I was having a conversation with an agent, and he says, "You know what, Tom? You know everyone just you know they ring you up. You run into people at the cafe. They just sponge off you. They want to take your time asking you about this and that." And he goes, "So you do all this stuff and." You know, it just eats into your time. I said, no, nah, man. I said, that's a privilege to have someone in your local area that's sitting there and asking you, how's the market? I know that you've said it 10 times in a day, but that's a privilege because I said, haven't you been in a situation where five years later you get this random call and they said, You're, you helped out my friend. They were asking for some advice. That happens all the time if you've been around real estate. I'm not saying you've got to do it because you've got this agenda that five years down the track, but it costs zero cents for real estate people or any people to be nice at any situation. Yeah. There's, and it's just no investment. Without wanting to sound cliched, it's the gift you give yourself because being nice to people, just moving through the world, just sprinkling a little bit of love, care, attention, compliments, empathy, to those you come across, as long as it's genuine, you know, that's a real gift. I mean, it just brightens your day as well as theirs. And it was lovely, lovely to hear that. And I appreciate and I and I do remember uh the, the pharmacist and and nice people. In fact, I've I've been there a few times with different people, they're all nice. So yeah, let's we'll talk more about that over the break. But um let's get planning for next year and let's think bigger and let's just make 2023 irrespective and irrelevant. Uh, pertaining to what the market does. Let's make it our best year anyway. Yeah, definitely. All right, Troy. All right, John. Team, we'll see you all next week. Go strong. Weather's good. Sun's out. 
People are selling no such thing as a bad market. It's either good for the buyer or good for the seller at the moment, but it's always great if you're a great agent. All righty. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> See you, team.